Hello, and welcome to The Board Table, a podcast from the North Carolina School Boards Association. I'm Leanne Winner, the Association's Executive Director and your host. Here on The Board Table, we want to equip North Carolina School Board members with the tools and knowledge they need to govern successfully. We also want to help school administrators, community members, and parents learn more about current issues in public education. The North Carolina School Boards Association partners with Cumberland County Schools and Fairbanks LLC as a Medicaid Administrative Claiming Consortium. Since its inception in 1999, the consortium has remitted over $250 million back to school districts in our state. On today's episode of The Board Table, Christina DeVoyle, NCSBA's Executive Assistant and Communications Specialist, speaks with Lisa Carnes from Fairbanks LLC regarding upcoming changes in Medicaid expected to come in 2023. Let's listen in. Thanks, Leanne, and hello, listeners. Today, we're talking about Medicaid administrative claiming and some of the changes that are happening on the federal level that can and will affect your claims. Joining me today is Lisa Carnes, a principal at Fairbanks LLC with more than 15 years of experience in management consulting, audit and risk management, and financial services. Thank you for joining us today, Lisa. Please introduce yourself and Fairbanks as well as the consortium. Good morning, Christina. Hi, everyone. Uh, My name is Lisa Carnes, and I'm one of the owners and partners at Fairbanks LLC. For those of you who may not be familiar with our company, Fairbanks provides Medicaid claiming and consulting services in North Carolina, um, but also across the country. Personally, I've worked with North Carolina schools and Medicaid claiming for almost 24 years, and we've had a great partnership with the North Carolina School Boards Association and this program. Now, the North Carolina program is set up as a consortium model. So we currently have 67 school districts that participate in our Medicaid consortium. And really, if I were generalizing, what the consortium model means is that the participation requirements are spread across all of the schools with the goal of reducing the effort for each individual school while maximizing your Medicaid reimbursement. Fairbanks has worked closely with North Carolina Medicaid and federal Medicaid, and you'll hear me refer to federal Medicaid as the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, really just the acronym CMS. As a Medicaid consultant, we work both locally and federally. We develop and negotiate new policy on behalf of schools and other agencies. In fact, Fairbanks has a former CMS official now working for us who has really brought a ton of knowledge and relationships into this area. Uh, We've definitely seen a lot of benefit as a result for our clients and um, has really helped us maintain our involvement at the federal level when it comes to the development of new policy. Wow, that's great. I know on our end, we have enjoyed working with you since the conception of our program here in North Carolina. We are fortunate for the partnership with you and your Fairbanks team. They're such a great resource for federal laws, policy changes regarding Medicaid. Uh, so please share with us what the future holds from DC. Sure, I thought I could share two updates today regarding school-based Medicaid and some changes that are happening at the federal level that will be impacting schools over the next year. And the first is actually related to COVID. Uh, at the beginning of COVID there um, and the public health emergency, what we call the PHE, there was an act that was passed, the Families First Coronavirus Response Act. 
That act included provisions that provided temporary but additional school-based Medicaid funding to help schools address the impact of COVID-19 on them. We all know, you know all of the changes that were happening very quickly at the time. In that legislation, there were kind of two main things that positively impacted school-based Medicaid funding at such a challenging time. The first was a concept that Medicaid calls continuous coverage that took place during the pandemic. And what continuous coverage means is that Medicaid constituents didn't have to worry about re-enrolling or re-qualifying for Medicaid. Basically, what happened is anybody that was enrolled in Medicaid was able to stay enrolled in Medicaid and have this continuous coverage throughout the pandemic. At the same time, there was a second provision in the act that increased Medicaid payment rates, not only in schools, but in all sorts of different agencies across the country. And of course, the goals of both of these things were to get more funding out to the states to help address the impact of COVID-19. The result of those things in the school-based world is that there was a positive impact in reimbursement levels in Medicaid claiming, in the MAC claims, in the fee-for-service claims, and in the annual cost report, because increased Medicaid enrollment means increased uh, reimbursement rates and levels in these programs. So that's kind of what happened as a result of the COVID-19 public health emergency. And now that the emergency is winding down and you know we've got end dates in place, we know that both the enhanced rates and the continuous coverage is going to be ending over the next nine months or so. What does that mean to us? There is a concern, I think, at the federal level, and I think even within the states, that we need to make sure that Medicaid recipients are aware that this change is happening, that they re-enroll, that they complete the necessary information. Obviously, we want to keep everyone that's eligible to continue to have Medicaid coverage and receive the services that they need. The second kind of big thing that's happening at the federal level is an upcoming change that we anticipate to school-based Medicaid policy. And we anticipate this change, at least the new policy coming out this summer. So over the past year, again, federal Medicaid, that's CMS, has indicated that they're going to be releasing a new federal guide for both the MAC and fee-for-service program. And it will be one comprehensive guide for both. The last time they gave us an updated federal guide is back in 2003. So it's been over 20 years, and we anticipate they're going to have a lot of changes that come out of this federal guide. To support this effort, because we know it's going to have sweeping changes, not only in North Carolina, but potentially across the country, CMS is developing what they're referring to as a technical assistance center. And that group will be helping states implement whatever changes come out of the guide. Based on our meetings at Fairbanks with both state and federal organizations, it looks to us like a lot of the anticipated changes are going to be tweaks to our existing methodology and how we all work together based on findings that happen in federal audits across the country. So things that are common findings, I think CMS's perspective is, Let's clean that up and make it all clear in one federal set of guidelines so all states can follow the same policy um, and, of course, reduce audit findings across the states. Once that guide's released, which we anticipate sometime in June or July, we will definitely at Fairbanks be communicating out to all of the schools, working with the school boards association and, and clearly the state Medicaid agency to ensure that we understand the new policy and we can implement it effectively for everybody. 
And generally, at least when we last received a new federal guide 20 years ago, CMS did give all of the states one to two years to implement those changes. So it's not as if we're going to anticipate sweeping changes that we all have to do quickly. I think there'll be a partnership here and we'll have some time to implement what we need to. Wow, that's a lot going on right now. And it's nice that we're leaving that emergency state of mind and moving into a more permanent situation. However, that's a lot for our members of the consortium, as well as those that are looking to join our consortium. I look forward to working with Fairbanks to ease that transition for everyone and communicate to our boards and districts that are current members within the consortium. Are there pros and cons that they should be looking out for? Well, I think on the first topic, you know, when we talk about the COVID unwinding of the public health emergency, I think there's a role for the schools to support families and assisting families with re-enrollment. Both North Carolina and the federal government have put together some really great information and communication strategies, uh, documents you can share, posters, flyers, PSAs, et cetera. There's a lot of information out there that schools could use to help support families in their area. I think the state agencies are going to be communicating some of that to the schools here in North Carolina. And I know Fairbanks will be releasing a newsletter shortly. And in that newsletter, I know we're including some links to resources. So if you wanted to learn more and see what resources are out there for you to communicate with families and ensure Medicaid enrollment remains at the level that's appropriate, that's definitely information that's out there for you all. As it relates to the federal guide, I actually see this as a really good thing for school districts in North Carolina and across the country. Uh, If you follow school-based Medicaid claiming and some of the audits that take place, sometimes audit findings are really related to schools or states not understanding federal requirements. And when our last set of guidelines was 20 years ago, clearly things have changed over the last 20 years. So... Now that we are going to be receiving new federal guidelines that ensures a consistent approach for all schools in all states, that has the great benefit of every state, every vendor, every school district understanding what the requirements are and how to follow them. And so I actually think this is a great thing for schools. I know when we think of school-based Medicaid claiming, our goal is always how do we ensure schools are getting all of the dollars that they can get but also doing that within the constraints of the guidelines because we never want schools to have to pay back money. So those two things are always what we're thinking of hand in hand together. So I think it's definitely a very positive thing that's happening. And um, as the new guideline comes out, we'll certainly be communicating with the school boards and with all of you so that you're up to date on the changes that are coming down the path. Wonderful. Well, with all there is to keep a watch on locally, it's nice to have an expert in Fairbanks that can keep us abreast of the federal changes and explain that trickle-down effect that they may have. Thank you for taking the time to meet with us and share these details, and we look forward to future discussions to see how this all pans out in the future as these things are released this summer and, again, in nine months' time. So thank you, Lisa. We appreciate your time, and as Lisa said, reach out to Fairbanks to access some resources. You can always contact us at North Carolina School Boards Association, and we'd be happy to put you in touch. And our consortium model with Fairbanks is the best for remitting the highest claims for your Medicaid administration claiming. And uh, if you have any questions about that, you're more than welcome to reach out to us as well. 
Thank you again, Lisa. Thank you, Christina. I appreciate being able to do this today. This was fun. Thank you, Lisa and Christina. We look forward to checking back in to see how things pan out after all the changes. Stay tuned for an update in the future as all of these changes trickle down to the local districts. Have you ever heard the saying, if you're not at the table, then you're on the menu? Subscribe to this podcast to make sure you always have a seat at the table. If there's a topic you want us to cover in a future episode of The Board Table, let us know. You can find us on Twitter at NCSBA, Facebook at NC School Boards Association, or email us at info at NCSBA.org. Until next time.